you don't want to be in your 20s and say, dang, I wish I would have did that or I wish I could do that. I say you could do anything you put your mind to. So if you have that mindset that you want to try something new and you want to see if you want to try a new career path that's not working out for you, I say try it. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. This is Annalise Corbin. Welcome to the next episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, I'm super excited um, about the conversation that we uh, get to have on this program. And today we're going to talk about a really unique very cool program that's happening um, in Northern Ohio up in Cleveland that is a combination of workforce development, creative and innovative education, and getting kids to work early so that they can help them sort of make decisions as they sort of go through their own journeys. And so today uh, we have Melanie Lynch of the School of One, um, which is part of the Cleveland Schools ecosystem. And we'll have Melanie in a moment um, explain that. Melanie is a 25-year veteran teacher um, who is really excited and passionate about developing hands-on and skill-based approaches to both student learning and student development. So, Melanie, welcome. Okay. Well, thank you, Annalise, very much for having us. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, Particularly admit everything. We've broken down the barriers and now we're here. Excellent. (laughs) Well, the School of One is a flexible program that provides instruction to meet the students' uh, needs, both socially and academically. Uh, We work to eliminate student barriers so they can achieve success in whatever it is that they're doing. What makes, there are eight School of One sites within the Cleveland Metropolitan School District, um, School of One at the Foundry, which is also a rowing and sailing facility, is one of the eight. We are the only one that is outside of a school. Most are in um, high schools. Uh, so they're a room or a space, whatever, in high school. Um, but we, last year, they piloted the program, School of One at the Foundry, with the rowing and sailing component as well as the MCPC job component. So students have the ability to work. They get paid for their work. Um, I kind of like to look at it like it's school out of a school environment, but set in the real world, because that is what it is. Um, Their school space, if you will, does not even look like a classroom. We are totally interfaced with the foundry and the, the rowing. Students have to row. They have to learn about sailing. They learn about teamwork and communication. And then they take all those skills to MCPC. And they learn about computers and computer technology, and it's 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 a starter cha- a job, if you will. But it also it the student themselves can use that starter job to turn it into a career path and a career opportunity. So it really gives them the skills and the knowledge to apply to whatever they want to do. It creates within them a lot of possibilities um, for their future, and more just- importantly, I would say it establishes belonging. They learn that they're not on the side or they're not just there. They're really active learners within all three environments in which they participate, which, again, builds the confidence and the outlook that, yeah, we belong here. 
and uh, we can do this. And so that's been wonderful. Which is really, really exciting. And it's, a, it's an awesome program to see. And it's been deployed in a variety of ways in and around um, the community. So I'm excited to be able to have the conversation. Um, also joining us is uh, Michael Treblecock, who's the Managing Director and President of MCPC. And I, Michael, one of the things I really want you to be able to help us understand, first and foremost, the MCPC piece, but then the foundry piece, because that's the other part of the way you guys have structured this that's really unique. There's that community asset that you, the MCPC and the, the work that you guys have done to build the foundry and the things that it does, which are Wicked cool. I mean, it's a fun place to go. I, I like just visiting. Um, but then the, you partnered that with the opportunities and the work that MCPC does. So um, why don't you share with us the sort of those two pieces? Sure. So the Foundry is a very unique place. As Melanie mentioned earlier, it's dedicated to getting students and, and youth, really. 100%, it's 100% youth-focused. Um, so its primary goal is to get youth out on the water and experiencing the city of Cleveland and our natural resources of Lake Erie and the Cuyahoga River, just from a different perspective. Um, a lot of those kids have never even touched the water before, been in um, a rowing or sailing boat before. So it's definitely a new experience. Both of the sports um, bring in a lot of aspects of teamwork and critical thinking and just kind of they're seeing a brand new activity for the first time. So it's a really good opportunity for the coaches, instructors, and um, teachers to, to help them through that experience and um, make them more adaptable and capable with, with other things they're doing. So the Foundry was established about five years ago. MCPC was the primary donor um, at the beginning. So that was where that relationship started. Um, about maybe 18 months into it, MCPC saw a great opportunity with the Cleveland Metropolitan School District and potentially um, getting those students into a joint program between the Foundry and MCPC where the students would go to school working with um, Ms. Lynch here um, for about four hours in the morning. And then in the afternoon, they have the option to take a, a ride up to MCPC, which is a couple of miles away. And they're working all afternoon at our IT asset disposition center up there. So to give you a little um, background on MCPC, we're a data protection company. Um, and what that means is we're helping large companies um, with large um, exposure to cybersecurity vulnerabilities. Uh, we're helping them minimize those risks um, and a lot of these companies are operating on a global scale with hundreds of thousands of employees. So their exposure to risk is pretty massive. Um, so we do that primarily from the, the perspective of endpoint devices. So think about your laptops and tablets and phones, um, any IoT devices or sensors, medical devices. Um, so all of those, if they're connected to the, the internet or a corporate network, those are access points for cyber criminals and bad actors. So MCPC has a, a kind of a holistic lifecycle approach to managing those endpoints and the vulnerabilities associated with them. So we engage with the students right now at, at only one phase of that whole lifecycle approach, and that's at the end. We call it STAD, which stands for Secure Technology Asset Disposition. So that means that 
um, when a device reaches end of life, as we call it, um, it's being retired from active use at a company. Um, MCPC take that takes that device back to our facility, and now a lot of CMSD students um, are the first receivers of that device, and it's going through a number of different pathways within that facility depending on um, kind of the agreed motion of how all of the data is going to be destroyed. And so students could be doing anything from just sorting devices on pallets, depending on the type and form factor of the device. Um, They could be literally unscrewing components of the device and sorting them out to be recycled, breaking them down. They could be running the device through certain programs that, that are wiping the data or further sorting it so that downstream from our facility, it could be sold. Um, it could be kind of refurbishing the device so that it's a factory recertified and it's it's coming in, getting wiped, refurbished, and going back out the door to another user. Um, so that that's kind of the... Um, we do a, a lot of high-level cybersecurity, um, very involved in sophisticated things at MCPC. But about three or four years ago when this facility started, um, it was a chance for us to engage a more entry-level entry level type role um, to MCPC where we could teach the fundamentals of what we're trying to do to give opportunity for, for students or, or anyone working those jobs to progress upward um, for our organization. And so that's sort of then where the sort of the students enter into this picture and Jalen Baldwin is joining us as well. And Jalen is a student in this School of One MCPC Boundary Program. So Jalen, thank you for joining us. No problem. Well, um, I'm a senior at the School of One at the Foundry. Um, This is my second year and the time I've been there... um, it was amazing. Like the traditional school settings, I know it was not for me. My grades wasn't there, but making that effort and then making the choice to come to the school of one, it was like one of the best decisions. But when I was there, the opportunity came about with the foundry and I was kind of iffy about it, but I was, I was eager to try a new, a new settings for a school of one. And so when I first got there, I was like, very like hesitant about the water because all I knew about the water was that it's bad not to go near it. If it's not a pool, do not get in it. And so my first time getting on the water, it was like a whole different, like my mind switched on it. It was just like I seen Cleveland at a whole different angle than what I was used to on land. And so now I like to be on the water more than on land now. That that's awesome. We're gonna dig back in in, in a few minutes, Jalen. We'll circle back around because I want to talk about some of the decision making that you sort of went through as it relates to sort of the the opportunity around choosing a path. But Melanie, help us understand and our listeners because the School of One is fairly unique in the education landscape. The way um, Cleveland uh, School District decided to sort of take this on, and so what's what's the primary premise component, Melanie, of School of One as it relates to why some kids and not others being moved into or opting into that particular option for K-12? 
Well, uh, first of all, the school of one is we're a school of choice. We're an application school. So students have to apply to the school. Um, we provide a flexible learning program for the students and specifically geared, to, again, to their social, emotional, and academic needs, right? So it's, a student can is definitely is interfaced with the program. So in, let's say, a traditional school, you would sit all year maybe in junior English or senior English. But if you already knew what you wanted to do and you say, well, gee, I'd either I'd like to go to college or I want to spend more time you know, learning about computers, I want to do all this. But you can't because in a regular school program, it's very stagnant for the most part. The curriculum is set. The student fits into the curriculum. At the school of one, the curriculum fits into the student. And I think that's the biggest draw. Um, we are computer-based, but at the same time, clearly I function as, you know, kind of guide on the side. Students have the ability to get college credit plus, you know, credits. They, you know, they still have to take all the uh, state tests as required, but it definitely molds itself to the student's goals and to the student's um, not only academic goals, but also personal goals. And some students, the reality is too, some students cannot do a full day of school, whether they have obligations, whether they have to work, thank you MCPC, who built that in for that reason, um, or whether they have to stay home and babysit, whatever they may have to do. And these are very bright kids, but they are, it's, you know, the system itself is being very detrimental to them because they're failing out of necessarily no, no fault of their own. So that was one of the things that brought the School of One into CMSD is to help the students remove the barriers that would prevent them from succeeding and from graduating. And to do that, uh, again, we offer a flexible, it's a flexible academic environment, which, and it's interesting that because it, more and more, and I think you could ask Jalen this also, what does he see the difference between a traditional school and the School of One? I, because I know myself, I've had many students say one reason why they really like it and they can flourish here. And again, not only the rowing and the sailing and the job component, but it sees them. It sees who they are and it sees, you know, what their needs are and, and it meets those. And so it puts them in charge of their own learning. And I think that's a real big plus. They are active learners. There's no doubt about that. It's not an easy people think, oh, gee, you just sit at the computer all day. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. No, it doesn't work like that. And, and that's where those um, site locations sort of come into to play. And so how many different School of One site locations like the Foundry, for those that are listening from, you know, they're listening from all over the country and around the world. And so we'll circle back to the Foundry piece specifically. But Melanie, how many School of One sites around the Cleveland ecosystem are, are out there? Well, CMSD has eight. And that's it. Um, other districts have, I don't even want to say it's comparable, but they have a they have a program. Sometimes they call it credit recovery. Sometimes they think that's what we are. We are not credit recovery. We're a whole different breed of cat. Um, but the CMSD has eight sites. We're going to open the ninth site, which is specifically, that also is going to be out of a high school. In other words, it won't be in the high school. Um, it will be in a community type center. And that will be a specifically LBGBQ site for students that don't see or find belonging within, again, the traditional high school. But that will definitely be geared towards that population. Yeah, I'd love 
So that would make a site nine. Yeah, that's really <laughs> exciting. And I, 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 one of the things that has always appealed to me about School of One and the, and the way the School of One concept works is the fact that it's so highly personalized to that individual student. So Jalen, uh, sort of tossing this, this back at you, you had... A, a choice, you know, and at the end of the day, it's it's not necessarily your personal backstory that we we want to um, necessarily share with the world. But please share what you're 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 willing about. Why did you make this decision? You said that regular school earlier wasn't really working out for you, um, but when you look at the ecosystem, I guess of the options you had, and School of One was not the only one that Cleveland um, School District made available to you. Why choose School of One? Um, I chose the school of one because I'm the type of I like technology, so I like being on computers. And at the time traditional school wasn't offering that. And so I seen it impact my grades really bad. And so when School of One gave me the opportunity, I was like hesitant about it because I didn't want to like um put all my eggs in one basket, but I also wanted to try it something new. And so when it came about, I was like, Hey, let's try this. And so by the time I've met at the time I was in School of One, I entered School of One with like, I want to say a grade point average of like one point something. Now my grade point average is like a three point. And I made up half my classes within a week that I was behind in. And like our teacher, like it was there for like emotional support. And um, the, um, the administrators that's there, like they go out their way rather with a traditional school status. They only can offer you the regular, you can't be like singled out because it's like a large school. And so the school of one, like Ms. Lynch said, it caters to the student instead of the school catering to the um, student. It just made it much easier for me to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it was a great fit for you, obviously, is what it sounds like. So that's awesome. Michael, why the foundry? Why add into this mix, this program? Why add the sailing and rowing component into this? It has nothing to do with um, with cybersecurity or computer science or the things that you know Jalen was talking about that appealed to him, and yet it's a really, really not just a unique piece in this case, but it's a very tangible, foundational, and fundamental piece of the whole puzzle that you guys have put together here with this partnership. So, why why sailing and rowing? Yeah, um, I think, you know, if you're anywhere around the country, uh, kind of looking at this from the outside in, it does look, um, you know, kind of wild. Why, why would a technology cybersecurity company get involved with water sports in any way for any reason? Um, so, but I think if you're, if you're part of the Cleveland community, even the Ohio community, you understand how, how tight knit these cities are. Down in Columbus is very similar, Cincinnati or you know, any of these Midwest cities. Cleveland's very tight knit. Um, MCPC was started in Cleveland about 30 years ago, out in Strongsville, Ohio. We moved into we moved deliberately into downtown Cleveland um, about seven or eight years ago with the the full intention of you know investing into the city. You know, we went through going back before I was even born through kind of the industrial um, explosion in the Midwest and kind of the um, the height of manufacturing in the Midwest. And Cleveland benefited a lot from that. But in the years uh, kind of post-industrial era, um, 
the city of Cleveland has lost a significant portion of our population. Um, we've had to kind of reinvent ourselves a lot. So MCPC saw the move into downtown Cleveland as not only an, an advantage to our business, but investing in the city of Cleveland and um, the future that that technology will bring and those jobs associated with it. So, and then, you know, looking at the lake and the river, there's a good analogy to draw there and that they've been sort of neglected resources of, of ours for a long time. Um, everybody, you know, whether you know the city of Cleveland or not, you know, the story of the Cuyahoga River and, and it catching on fire and, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency kind of being a, a birthing out of all of those catastrophes. And um, so the river kind of had a bad rap for a lot of years. In recent years, there's it's, it's kind of flourishing with wildlife and recreation. And so it's kind of, it's turning a new leaf and creating a new chapter for itself. So taking the, the river and the lake and, and just getting people using them, that was kind of the first intention of, okay, uh, we have these incredible resources. What what other city can say that, you know, there's a lot of cities that are on on coasts and everything, but Cleveland was never using the lake and the river in the way that was benefiting the community in a major way. So that was really the the premise of the foundry is, okay, so there, there is a, a location of the foundry on the river, down in the flats, which is kind of a, a comeback neighborhood of sorts in the city. And then there's another second location out at the mouth of the river that's sitting on the, the shores of Lake Erie. So it was really kind of split up. Okay, let's let's just get access points to the river and the lake. Let's focus it on students and youth and, you know, kind of see what grows from that. And so it, it's about five or six years old now. And um, we've had a lot of success. I think about five to 7,000 students a year are, are going through the foundry in either through a school program, a field trip, they're, they're at the foundry every day like Jalen, um, or they're just after school growing teams, sailing teams that are, are using the facilities. So, you know, that, that's kind of the, the story of the foundry a little bit. It was, it was born out of a need for, for access to the river and the lake and, and the benefits that that could bring for the city. And it had the added benefit in the case of, of kids like Jalen and I'm sure many, many others in the community, um, not only to experience an environment they've never seen before, as Jalen pointed out, he was really uncomfortable with the water. He had this, um, this, this, um, mythology that he probably had his whole life about, I'm not supposed to go over there, it's dangerous and all those sorts of things. And so to get to learn and become comfortable in and around your environment, that's that's a huge, huge bonus and benefit. How how do you then, and, and the kids are going to get a tremendous amount of team building and cooperative experiences, um, you know, rowing and sailing, the, you know, all of the, the, the skills um, that come with that, especially around the collaborations. One of the things I always particularly um, love about the particular sport. But Melanie, how do you ensure that as the kids go through the school of one, the, act- the school, the traditional 
or non-traditional in this case, school program, the curricular pieces that you have the responsibility to help the kids get through towards their graduation requirements. And they have this amazing experience at the foundry where they get to learn all these new skills, uh, problem-solving, teamwork, all of those opportunities as they get to grow in that piece of the program. How do you ensure that they are ready then to go and do the work part of MCPC? How does that work out? The space that we we are in at the foundry, I can't emphasize this enough. It is not a traditional looking mm-hmm. classroom. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, my, my former students has said, oh my gosh, you thought it looks like Google. Okay. <laughs> it does a little so, bit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it kind of, it sets it sets a different tone. Right. right. And that is very important. I really I will say this, I underestimated the impact of the environment that it that what would have on the students. I know that well, and um, you are absolutely yes, right. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so part of all of this is, you know, they have to demonstrate self-management skills. They have to be open to listening and communicating. Trust is a huge, huge factor. Most students, as any students anywhere, would come in, and particularly here, because there's so many different unknowns with the water, with just the environment itself, because we are interfaced with the foundry staff. They're dealing with adults all the time. So there's a lot of fear factors, if you will. There's a lot of very high trust barriers, if you will. So that all has to begin to come down. And they really have to begin to be open to everything in the environment. They have to, again, establish you know, self-management skills. Part of the rowing and the sailing, you know, that's teamwork. That's communication. Um, so these are skills, personal, more personal skills that you want to see the students begin to not only develop, but own. And that's the really the beauty of all of this because their their growth is incredible. They learn to see things differently. They learn not to be afraid. Um, they learn that hey, I belong, and it's that sense of belonging that automatically establishes equity. And that's just so so important. And when you see these kind of fall together, it's like yes, now you're ready to <laughs> go off to stand. Let's say. Um, yeah, and see what's there and explore other options because it's like anything. They have to be ready to be open to all the different experiences so they can learn and they can begin to direct their own learning process and begin to take ownership of it. And that's one of the things that I love the, the most about it, right? A lot of the programs that um, that I do interviews um, on for this particular um, podcast, I hear a very, very similar thing. So that that's a trend that clearly happens in those very successful programs is A, the kids have to have ownership in what's happening. They have to believe in what's possible. Um, And then they have to be uh, ready to take that step where there's so much independence. And and Jalen, I can only imagine what it felt like the first time you went to uh, STAD. I remember the first time um, I got to go that Michael took me back and I got to see and meet some of the School of One students and what was happening there. And I thought... This is one of the coolest ways I can imagine to get comfortable moving into a work environment every single day. And so tell us a little bit, Jalen, about what is it that you like the most about the the STAD piece of this program? And, and, you know, granted, it's awesome that MCPC has made it available, that that's actually paid work. So, A, we'll start with that's really cool. Um, thank you to, to Michael and MCPC for that. Um, but but Jalen, what, what's the primary thing that you get out of that, outside of the, the paycheck piece of it? Because we know that part's always important, but what else comes to you as the sort of key components of that aspect? 
Um, obtaining like more information about technology that I would never thought I would have had to get. And so I, last year, I can admit, like, I really wasn't interested in it. But this year, like, I got more serious about it. And like, I learned so much more. And with that, I was able to like go around the facility and do different jobs and different components in it. And so seeing that, it opened, it opened more doors for me. And like, after I graduate, it was, I have um, like a couple more months and they said I would be able to work there full time. It actually like helped me a lot because like I want to go to college, but I want to go college part time. And so MCPC is like helping me and it helped like, it helped a lot because like I was like overthinking. I didn't know what I was going to do after, but with this being full time, like I got more comfortable and like. I could eventually go on to a different part outside of the facility, but it helped a lot. And that's an amazing opportunity because I think that that's one of those big giant disconnects that collectively, both the world of industry and certainly in education that we often would have, right? That you go through K-12 and then you're supposed to go to post-secondary of some description. It can be trade, it can be on-the-job training, it could be you know, community college, four-year college, so on. None of that really matters. But there's this expectation that somehow along, along the way, you're going to graduate and know exactly where you're supposed to be next. Um, and I think that that's an intriguing thing because humans don't really like to learn that way. We like to learn by doing stuff and experiencing things. So I, I love that's one of the reasons I like this program so very much and want to um, you know highlight it as a great case study, a great example of education being done well and being done right. Um, Michael, when you think about the Jalens of the world who are coming both through the School of One and then ultimately into MCPC and the potential of that person continuing on beyond their, their, their high school experience, what's the value of that? And even if they don't stay, they understand the industry and move on to other things, because I know you and I have had that conversation as well. But what's the value of this back to the industry partner? It's been it's been fun to watch Jalen and, and some of his peers who have, have Jalen's been with the School of One program at the Foundry really since the beginning. Um, he's been with MCPC since we were kind of kicking this program off, trying to get it started. And um, so he, he's sort of a veteran of the program at this point. And it's been fun to watch him grow and and not just his capabilities to learn things and experience new things, but his confidence in doing so. So I think the um, one of the big takeaways for the students, um, you know, whether it was intended from the beginning or not, was just, okay, let's, we're going to introduce them to all these new things, whether it's rowing, sailing, um, in some cases, the water even, um, but then technology and cybersecurity and that whole industry that's big and broad they gain a lot of confidence the longer they're involved in that. And they take that with them after they leave. Um, I think rowing, rowing and sailing both teach the um, definitely teamwork, discipline, like um, Melanie referenced earlier, just ownership and managing your own schedule. Um, they also teach you kind of how to um, have a sense of agility almost in how you approach new things. So um, they're learning how to learn in a way, which is an important skill. Um, and I think when you talk about um, anything, you know, life after this program for these students, um, whether that means 
they work in MCPC for the rest of their life, their entire career. That'd be amazing. Um, or they they go on to college, they go on to completely different industries. Maybe they start a new a start a business of their own. Um, you know, all any of those things, it's extremely valuable to um, have a sense of agility and and how you're approaching those and be able to you know change direction and be a little bit malleable. So I think from our perspective at MCPC, it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, a home run the, the first day we turned this program on. It was a challenge. Um, we're a 30-year-old company. We're, we're a mid-sized company. There's about 450 employees at MCPC. Um, but before the school of one, none of those employees were 16-year-olds. So it was a challenge um, just from the a management perspective. And, and I remember some conversations with our HR leadership around an interaction that a 16-year-old finds completely normal is not an interaction that someone who's been working at a company for, for 20 years finds normal. So there was a little bit of disconnect, but I think a lot of that was was foreseen and and, and you know we we worked through it. And but you know from our perspective we kind of see it as uh, you know a student does decide to go to college that's that's great but if they don't there's there aren't a lot of extremely reputable and um sort of confident choices you're not going to go to college so um that was really one of the the founding pillars of this program is um okay let's establish some type of pathway for the students that aren't going to college and Let's make it meaningful. That kind of led us into, well, it doesn't mean that this is MCPC's pipeline for, for new talent and employees. We're not hiring them so that they work here for their entire careers. We're hiring them so that they get fundamental skills in technology that you know the world today and as it's progressing, those skills are applicable in any industry now. So um, we're really trying to set them up for for success later on, um, if that's with us. Yeah, that's and that's again, that, that's else. what I love about this program so much. Um, Melanie, what I'm a teacher somewhere in the world, and I'm sitting there and listening to this, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is would be the most amazing thing for my students. I I can just name off the kids that are that are sitting in, in my classroom or in my school that I know that if we had something like this would benefit greatly. So what do you say to those teachers or to those schools that are contemplating, hey, should we do a program like this? And if so, what what are the things that I've got to have top of mind as I start to think about the 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 benefit or the 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 rational reasons why I should proceed as it relates to the those end goals for our students. What 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 are some of the high level things that you would toss to folks who are thinking about doing this? Well, first of all, if they're really interested, they can apply to the school of one at the foundry. Yeah, <laughs> that's first and foremost. They can they can live the dream, so to speak. So that would be good. Um, first of all, I would say don't be afraid. That's first and foremost. I mean, learning at its best is an active process. And I think too many times both teachers and students get very comfortable and set in their ways and everything becomes stagnant. At the end of the day, you want any individual, I don't care who it is, student, adult, whatever, that wants to learn and that can learn. And that has that desire and motivation to seek things out and to discover new things. 
and and to be able to carry the confidence um, with them to do that, to create their future. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about them creating an opportunity for themselves. And to do that, they need not only social emotional skills, but also obviously academic skills. And as I said earlier, this is a school that takes school out of the school and puts it in a work environment across the board. It addresses 360, the needs of the student. And to see any student or any individual grow and change and succeed in the sense that they now know, I have opportunities I didn't have before. I know that I can learn this. I know I can go out in the world and that I belong in that world and I can contribute to that world. And I think that's as good as it's going to get for anybody. And because then they see who they are. And they can grow, they can develop, and that's how they they change the world. It's through themselves. And I think that's the biggest, if you will, bonus point (laughs) uh, or end goal for anybody. And again, this whole process, it reduces, because they're so immersed in all the time, it really reduces that fear of discovery. And not only discovery for self, but discovery for, again, computers or academics or anything. It really reduces that and it makes them open to growth and to learning and to becoming who they want to be. And that's all anybody wants for anybody as a goal, I think. So yeah, you're you're teaching them to be fearless, and that's yes. going to be a primal life skill, right? Yeah, and, and I loved, yeah, yeah. And they'll take this, and I think um, um, Michael uh, said it a little earlier. The skills that they're learning here, they can take with them, and will take with them, and apply them to so many different situations in their lives. Not maybe tomorrow, but maybe five years, 10 years from now, whenever. I don't even think that they themselves realize how much they've grown in this process. And I, you know, like I, I see it and I look at it, I said, you know, I mean, in my own mind, I'm like, you're going to look back on this in a couple of years. You're going to say, oh my gosh, I did this. Or, oh, I learned this here. Or, oh, I did that. Because again, they're so immersed in the whole process. Of um, they don't see it and that's okay. They don't have to. I see it. <laughs> Michael sees it. Other people see it. So it's yeah. Uh, the, the rest of us outside looking in, we're 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 not even questioning it. Um, you know, and and not only is it that sense of fearlessness uh, that happens, is I also think you it's that that empowerment that comes with that confidence of I can do anything. And at the end of the day, right? It's it's their world to save, right? It's that next generation that it's it's theirs. And if I can add to that for for a moment, and again, kind of what you just said and what Michael said, this, all of this helps them, you know, develop ownership within their community, um, but it establishes belonging for them. And that can't be underestimated. I mean, I'll give you an example. Like for them, most of my students come from the east side of Cleveland. So they get on a bus and they come down here. And this is foreign territory. This is territory that is, you don't go here, you don't do this, you, you know, stay away from the water. I mean, you know, put it on the list. And then after they've been down here for a while and after they learn and that fear dissipates, then what's happening is once they bring their friends down here on the weekends and to the city or to do what else. And here it is, maybe they only thought a block or two blocks was their world. What it's opened up the whole city now, they, they realize, you know what, this is mine. I didn't think we could come here. I didn't think we could do this. I didn't think, you know, I had anything to offer here. So it really establishes belonging in a community and within the city. And that in itself creates ownership. And then, yeah, they are the future because they have to have a vision and they have to have an idea for how they want to shape things. So it is. It's, it's, you know, awesome. it's all good. On and our so end. one of the things that I love that Michael also said is, you know, what's happening 
through the whole program, whether it's at the piece at the foundry or when they get uh, to to STAD and MCPC, um, is the learning to learn. And I talk about this concept all the time. And so, Jalen, I want to make sure that we we wrap this actually with you and with your voice. And so, you know, you've you've spent two years now learning to learn. And you said earlier that you obviously not not only learned, but you learned a lot. You bridged the gap that you started with um, as related to being ready uh, to graduate. But that that love of learning and that learning how to learn uh, plays out every day um, in the work that you're doing um, at STAD. And so, so as the same question that I asked of Melanie, you know, there are kids out there that are contemplating, should I stay in my traditional school? Should I take a chance on doing this other thing? And what if that other thing includes the opportunity for me to go and learn to work in a work environment um, all at the same time? What do you say to those kids who are wondering if it's the right thing for them to do? Don't mess out on the opportunity that presents itself. You don't want to be in your 20s and say, dang, I wish I would have did that or I wish I could do that. I say you could do anything you put your mind to. So if you have that mindset that you want to try something new and you want to see, a, you want to try a new career path that's not working out for you, I say try it. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, to all three of you uh, for taking time out of your day uh, and to share your, your story with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.